0: and all of his many promises. Uh, one of the things that uh, Justin neglected to say about those fancy desserts <laughs> that I just got to stress is I saw pictures, and it involves fire and flames shooting up around Jubilee and Banana Foster. So it's going to be incredible. So uh, we're looking forward to that. But we do want to welcome you here if you're visiting with us. We are a, a church family that simply loves the Lord, believes in the grace that God has given us to be saved by that grace through faith and not by any works that we could earn it in any way. We believe that the Bible is the word of God and that we must stand on it because it is the foundation, chief cornerstone and Maybe we don't always get it right, or maybe you don't always get it right, but we pursue the Word of God because it is His Word to us that was delivered through His apostles and prophets, and we take our stand, and we believe that the Word is the Word from God, and it guides our lives. We believe that there's a heaven for the redeemed. We believe there's a hell for the lost. And so, the bottom line is, as a church family, we point people not to us, not to us as a church family even, but we point people to Jesus Christ, because He is the Savior, the Messiah, that changes lives. He's the one that's changed mine, He's changed many of yours, and if you're here today, He is willing and ready if you would simply come to Him. One of the things Brian mentioned in his communion meditation was the plan of God, the plan of God. You know, it's really uh, amazing, God's plan in the lives of his people. And as we've looked at series, Timeless Truths for Truthless Times, these truths that God has given that are for all times for us just to embrace and and wrap around us and feel a great peace because God's promises are always unfolding and they always work out to His timing and fruition in His people's lives. We talked about the simple fact that when a person fears God, the simple reality that you fear God in such a way that you look to Him and honor Him with your life, He sends his angel to encamp around you and to protect you and to deliver you. And then in Isaiah 40, we saw that those who hope in the Lord, they will run and not grow weary, that he will lift them up on the wings of eagles and they will soar and fly to safety. Oh, what a great God, as we looked last week at those that trust in the Lord. And acknowledge Him. Those who lean against God throughout this life. He makes their paths straight. Those bring me deep peace. But this morning in part four, there's another wonderful truth. That should bring you deep peace and calm reassurance. And it's a very well-known scripture, Jeremiah 29 verses 11 through 12. But before we get to that, I simply want to say today's message is God has a plan for the lives of His people, for the lives of those that make up His church, for those that are filled with the Holy Spirit, for those who've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ and have entered into the new covenant, God has a plan for His people and His bride. But you know, I got to thinking, the text that we're looking at this morning, where God tells His chosen people, Israel, that He has a plan for them, many of them really didn't know that. And what they were going through, they probably may not even believe it, because in Jeremiah 29, as that text opens up, God gives Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, a message. And Jeremiah is known as the prince of prophets because of all the wonderful truths that God gives him to share. And one of those truths is that I know the plans that I have for you. And he's speaking to Israel directly who's been taken off into captivity and will be there some 70 plus years to the Babylonian Empire. And you think about being in bondage, being away from your home... Being in slavery and you hear this message that's coming from God through this prophet who says, I know the plans I have for you. And you might first think, well, this isn't a very great plan. Because here we are in bondage. But Jeremiah reinforces the reality that God has a plan for the nation of Israel who is in captivity and will be in captivity for an extended period of time. And you start to think about that situation and you go to say to yourself, well, I wonder how many of the people didn't even realize that God really was working on their behalf. But you see, they're in captivity because they've not been faithful to God. They've not honored God. They've deserted God. God raised them like children, took care of them, fed them, but they just continued to rebel, and God, to get their attention, allows them to go off into captivity. God disciplines, even pushes the apple of His eye to get their attention so that he can bring them back to their senses where they will begin to look to him once again and the blessings of his plan begins to unfold in their lives as days go by. I've read a lot on Jeremiah 29, and and one of the consensus of a lot of people, they say, well, everybody uses this verse when kids are graduating from high school or college. And you know, it doesn't really apply to us now because it applied to Israel who was in captivity and it's specific to them. Well, it was specific to Israel. But I'm telling you, that timeless truth, that promise that God has a plan for His church, for the lives of His children, is still true today. And I'm going to show you how that promise is true and not just that promise but every promise that we find in scripture so if you're here today and you're looking at your life and the things that are going on in your life and what you're enduring and even going through and you wonder is this god's plan for me i hope the reality of what we bring out of jeremiah 29 changes the way you think and I hope that it causes you, wherever you need to in your life, to take steps closer to God as you're reaching out in relationship to Him. In Proverbs 16, 9, I don't have this on the screen because there's just so many verses like this. I, I want to lead in and, and just tell you how big and amazing God is. In Proverbs 16, it says that a man or woman... They they plan the course of their lives, where they're going to go, what they're going to do, the things they desire. And then it says, but God establishes or directs the steps. You think about how amazing God has to be that wherever you are in your life and and what you desire and your hopes and your own struggles and your own blessings as you leave today and you go to fulfill that plan however long you have on this earth, that even in that, God works in such a mighty way that he still is going to direct your steps his way. I mean, that's incredible that God is that involved in the lives of His creation. And then in Proverbs 21, chapter 21, verse 9, it says, Many are the plans of mankind, but it is the purpose of God that prevails. God is in control. And God is working His purpose and His plan to prevail in our lives. And it doesn't matter how many plans you have, it's God going to direct your steps. And you know, I don't even know if we can all understand that. That is just so almost incomparable. But it's true. Look at this here in Proverbs 16 verse 4 the Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. So everything that God has foreordained will work out in His time to its proper end in the lives of His people and even in the lives of those that are wicked there is a day of disaster that will work out. And so our our text, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Now how can you know that this passage scripture applies to you just as much as it applied to the nation of Israel? And we see that out of Luke chapter 22, verse 20, and I'll build the case as I go along, and then we'll come back to Jeremiah 29. Jesus took the cup, held it up, and said, this is the cup, In the new covenant, in my blood, which is poured out for you. You see, the reality is, as we broke bread and we drank the cup, the fruit of the vine, that is an acknowledgement that we are identifying as the people of God with what His sacrifice on the cross has done for us. The bread symbolizes His body given for us. The fruit of the vine symbolizes His blood shed for us. And when we eat and we drink it, we do it in a way of worthiness before God. We do it with sincerity of heart. We don't take it for granted. We don't do it lightly. We we are focused. This here is my acknowledgement of what Jesus Christ has done for me. This is my acknowledgement how precious His blood is for me. How powerful that blood is. It is the power of His blood that has brought me, you, the church, forgiveness of sin and brought us into the new covenant of grace and salvation through faith. Amen. Is the blood of Jesus Christ precious to you? Do you see the value? It holds all our hopes All our future, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And whenever you came to your relationship with the Lord through repentance in faith and were clothed with him through baptism, the Holy Spirit filled you. And you are a person walking in the light of the new covenant. You are his. You are part of his family. You are now connected to God Almighty. And so this is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1 as you tie these verses together. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ. Do you see the connection? The blood of the covenant puts us in union with all of God's promises. The promises that if we fear Him, He'll protect us and surround us with His guardian angel. His promise that even we get tired and weary of life, emotionally drained, that He is going to lift us up in the spiritual realm and refresh and renew us. The promise that when we look to Him and lean against Him, Acknowledging Him in all of our ways, He's going to take the crooked roads and He's going to make them straight. Now, we may get off track, and that straight road we're walking on with the Lord may get crooked because of stupid decisions we make in life, but once we look back to Him, come back to Him, He gets us back on that straight and narrow road. Does that not bring you comfort? But you could be sitting here, like people of Israel and Babylon, not fully enjoying those truths. But those are the truths. (coughs) Look at this next (coughs) passage of Scripture. This is how Paul puts it. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will He not also, along with Him, graciously give us all things? I am just trying to show you the theme throughout the New Testament Scripture and how it connects to the promises of God in the Old Testament as well. All of God's promises are yours in Jesus Christ. If He would give you Jesus, if He would not spare Jesus Christ, will He not also, Paul says, give you all things. And the answer is yes. And he will do it graciously through Jesus Christ. So be blessed, be comforted. So we come back for, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. What are those plans? Just look with me. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. That would have meant a lot. I think to the people in Babylon in captivity in slavery what's going on maybe to begin to have an awareness of this is what we've done to the God that wants to do something in our life and he's promised he's got this purpose for us so he must going to bring it to fruition at some point in our lives plans to prosper you and not harm you that is God's plan he wants us as his children as his church to have a wonderful And good life, and I will say that a good life because he is the chief shepherd and he wants us to walk with him and have a happy, blessed, prosperous, anointed life. Now... That doesn't mean we get everything we want. It doesn't mean that everything works out. It doesn't mean that we don't have problems. It doesn't mean that we don't suffer losses. It doesn't mean that we don't get sick. It doesn't mean that we don't hurt. It doesn't mean that we go through difficult situations and relationships. But what it means on that spiritual level, God's purpose and plan ultimately that He will bring to an end in complete fruition is His spiritual purpose of not only redeeming His people, but ultimately bringing them home to Him one day. This Monday night from 6 to 8 p.m., we're going to have a visitation for Bill Bremer, a dear, dear Christian man that's been a part of this church for so, so many years. And then on Tuesday at 11 a.m., we're going to have his celebration of life service. You know, I miss Bill already. Bill and I, about once every three, four months, would go out to Logan's and sit down and have biscuits and tilapia and just visit and talk. and, And I thought this morning as we're singing the song of how he raised from that and so will I and You know, Lisa, that just really spoke to me about Bill and the hope. Listen, your ultimate promise from God is that after everything is done and this world comes to an end, which it will, that you'll be with him. That's your hope. And that's your future. This life is hard. And that's not going to change. People will hurt you and people will let you down and you will go through difficult stuff. We look at the apostles of Jesus Christ. Beheaded. Crucified. Christians ripped apart by savage dogs. Christians sawn in two. This life can be extremely difficult, extremely hard. Christians all over the world enduring persecution, death, being burned alive, drowned in cages, homes taken from them, children stolen, abused. I mean, all over the world. But the ultimate hope, the ultimate hope And purpose is what is in store at the very end. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and not a future. It just just begs the question for me, are you living with that hope? Are you living with that future in mind? Because if you don't have that right there as you're looking to Jesus, it's so easy to get discouraged to such a degree, to want to give up, to want to throw your hands up, to just say, I, I quit. Look at what I'm going through. But your Lord is with you. God is with you. He won't abandon you. So He's got plans for your life. And when you start to see those plans, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You know, it's a it's a fine line. But a lot of people think that uh, they can just throw up prayers to God and he's going to answer them. And, you know, I'm not God, and uh, I don't know how all of that works, actually. But I do know there is a sense that we've got to be looking to the Lord and we've got to be pursuing him. We've got to, to love him, and, and he sees our heart. Are we are just reaching out because we want to get in his deep pockets and, and get something, have him fix something? It doesn't seem to work that way but the heart that's contrite, the heart that's been pricked, that heart that looks to the Lord and says, Lord, I've not been walking with you. I've not been acknowledging you. I've not been trusting you. I definitely know that I'm not fearing you by my life. I don't even really know you. I'm not in your word. I don't pray to you. Only if I need something, Lord, I'm not doing the things that I really should be doing the things that you want me to do. But when you, Lord, begin to move in a person's life and you start to have a sensitivity to what God's doing, oh, it brings you to a humbling place. you start to see that God is in everything. And when you wanted to go left and for some reason you went right and you start, oh my goodness, that was God that did that. And I thank him for it. I prayed for this, but he gave me that. Oh, at the time, I thought that's what I wanted, but this is what I have, and thank you, God. That's how great our God is. Everything is for the good of his people, to bless them, to prosper them, to help them with this life and the life to come. Then I will listen to you. See, it's another promise. When that is your heart, you know that God's focus is right there with you. Now, is that the way you're pursuing God? I hope so. Look how he wraps up here in verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You know, there's probably very few things in life that we do with all of our heart. What what would one be for you? Hopefully you'd say, Well, I love my children with all of my heart. I'm trying to protect my children with all of my heart. Uh, I love my grandchildren with all of my heart. I love my spouse with all of my heart, or I need to. What things do you do with all of your heart? There's probably very few. But do you pursue God? with all of your heart? Do you pursue that relationship with all of your heart? I hope you do. Because God says to us, when you seek me that way, you're going to find me. But I want you to seek me that way. And I want you to continue to seek me that way. You know, this verse also just punctuates the fact that a relationship with God is something that he really does want with us. He wants a relationship that's close, that's real, that's genuine. Just like Mike was saying, hey, my small group knows everything about me for the most part. God knows everything about us. And he wants us to talk to him and share our lives with him. What we're feeling, what we're going through, our frustrations, our joys. What if, what if we took a verse like this, okay, God, You've got plans for my life and the life of the church, but you've got plans for my life. What if I stood back and said, God, where do you want me to go? Put prayers in my heart that I'll pray that you want to answer. Where is it that you want me to go in life? What is it that you want me to do? And you're looking at all those things through the lens of the Holy Word. Imagine how much more blessed your life would be when a hard time comes. Lord, you must have this for me, and it's for a purpose. It's difficult, it's hard, but Lord, I'm going to be renewed by your strength. I can get through this situation. I'm not going to fall apart. I'm not going to lose it because you are with me, and I must go through it because you've given it to me to go through. You open doors and you close doors. Maybe, Lord, I'm going through this difficult situation because you want me to look to you, and I've not been looking to you. I've not fallen on my knees in that very aggressive and passionate way to cry out to you for help. I think the blessing of pursuing the Lord with all of our hearts is truly a wonderful thing that we have to continually look at our lives and make sure that's where we are. So this morning, the simple message is God has a plan for your life, and it's to bless you, and it's to do good for you. He has a plan for His church, and His church is to be that pillar and foundation of truth where people come together, and they do life together together. And they share, and they hurt, and they cry, and they laugh, and they encourage, and they push, and they promote, and they gather, and they pray, and they worship to allow the world to know that Jesus Christ is the answer to all of life's problems. And that Jesus is the one that brings out the fullest plan in all lives. I pray this morning, I really do, that you will look to God in that way. Because one day, uh, you're going to be in a situation where your life is over. And where will you spend eternity? And if you get the chance to lie in a hospital bed, and you know you're dying. Because I really do, I think most people probably know, this is the way I'm going to die. I was reading about a couple out of Wisconsin that went to Iceland on a fishing trip to celebrate I can't remember what anniversary it was. Frigid water, she fell out. He dove in behind her to save her and they both froze to death and and died. I, I just imagine when they're in that water being swept away by the current. That frigid water that's like yeah, this is this is it. This is the way we're going to die. There's nobody here to help us. But to be on that deathbed or wherever that is, just be able to say, "Lord, I've I've tried. I've really tried to live for you." And I I just think that's what a peaceful way to go when you have to go that I've lived my life. I've lived it for the Lord. This morning, most of you know John Gilcrest. He's struggling with his health. Has had some many strokes. Has even lost weight and now's using a walker. He's a part of the Faith Keepers small group. And he is so resolved to finish his life strong, he came to the Fellowship Donut Breakfast. And you look at John and it's like, Lord, How's he making it? Well, he fell down today, landed on his shoulder, and he was taken home by his wife. What's his future hold? We don't know. But his health is failing. But he wants to be here. He wants to come to church and be with his family, share his life, and worship the Lord. But what does his future hold? He doesn't know. We don't know. But we know when ultimately now or many years later God calls him home, we know where he's going to be. He'll be with the Lord. And that gives me peace for my own life. Peace for the people that I love. And I hope that it gives you peace. Because those are some of the most important things that we must know in our heart. God has a plan for your life. Start looking to God passionately. Finish your life strong, loving, clinging to Him, holding His hand whether you've got 50 years or you don't know, but cling to the Lord God Almighty. And may he be praised for all of his precious promises and timeless truths in these truthless times that we all live in. Would you pray with me? (coughs) Father in heaven, we praise your name. And Lord, we do thank you for your word, and we just ask your blessing on the Hampel family as as they get uh, continue to grieve the loss of Bill, even though they know where he's at, Lord. And as we celebrate his life, be with the family, be with John Gilcrest, Lord. We hope that his shoulder wasn't hurt too bad. Our prayers that you would give him strength and he could rebound, Lord. There's so many people here that's struggling with different things, relationship problems, struggling with disease. Lord, we just ask that you would breathe into our spirits this hope that you have for us. Let us not cling to this life, but let us cling to the life that you've promised that is ours. And let us look to that so we pray your guidance and your blessing as we struggle to do this more and more. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.